And helicopter into the world of no sports podcast. The only podcast that talks about sports ever. That's us. You you won't go anywhere else. It's not even on the radio anymore. It's barely on the TV. We're the only ones you can get sports off of. And we are completely unbiased, impartial, and we don't love Arsenal. We don't take sides well here. Anyway, a uh, quick word from our sponsor before we go into the show. There is no better tea than the one from Yorkshire. Yorkshire tea. A better brew for me and you. Thank you, Yorkshire tea. You're as delicious as always. Anyway, I'm your host, Connor, or as uh, it's spelled backwards, Renock. And uh, I'm joined today by my co-hosts. Well, I don't know how to say my my name backwards. You're the pet. I under. Oh, rude. Rude. Uh, My name is Nick. And I'm here to talk about Arsenal fans getting way too excited. Way too excited. I don't know no idea what you're on about. And uh, speaking of way too excited to be here, we have our third third person on the pod. The wheel, if you will. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to take that because I'm one of the Arsenal fans that's I think appropriately excited. You're like the third wheel on a reliant Robin. Vital adds a bit of stability, but still likely to go off the rails. I've got a three wheel of all the three wheeled vehicles that you could pick to illustrate your analogy there. A reliant Robin really does need them. Aye, but it's yeah. a, you know, it's a back left one, no one really cares. Ye right. you, get, you, get, you get a heavy it's boy very on vital. the front right side, and you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Just don't turn you just left. lean over when you're driving the car. Corner. We'll, we'll do oh, it they prove a point we'll do it they prove a point we'll drive right. from Shetland down to Cornwall sounds pretty decent so, sounds delightful alright yeah, we got a good. we got a fantastic action packed show on today uh, actually we don't we, we're just going to talk about news and football we'll be talking about the, we'll be talking about the news in the NFL we'll be talking about the FA Cup results Premier League Surprising sackings, annoying promotions, uh, championship bottlers that'll make Brendan Rogers proud. <clears throat> Everything, and we even got Formula One. Uh, you could probably listen to last week's Formula we One, and you get the same results. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> In some ways, yeah, it's a little bit depressing. But uh, I think we can kick this off maybe with a little bit of NFL news because we have got a bit of a development coming in in the NFL in the form of a coordinated campaign from multiple very high profile players um, you know a lot of quarterbacks Russell Wilson you know Drew Brees I'm pretty sure is on this Carson Wentz is on this uh, JJ Watt is on it. Was in there Mahomes is on there everyone's the getting matters in. to the NFL to be honest yep they're sticking their oars in they're getting their piece in uh, and they're all doing this under the hashtag that says uh, hashtag we want to play but what they're arguing yeah, is JJ Watt actually came out with a list of things that they just don't know about that yeah. they aren't kind of 
yeah. yeah on the, the, the whole the whole thing centers around the NFL basically is is not prepared they're saying they're the players are saying that they do not believe the league is prepared to play in the current climate with the current um, pandemic situation that's going on in the US which we should remind people has basically gotten worse now in the US than it was uh, back when we started this podcast uh, which was yeah a bit of a trip that it's mm. it's they've you know they've gone from being okay to getting really bad to being okay again to being awful yeah thanks Obama <laughs> that's an interesting what one what a fucking prick for doing this yeah I mean why wasn't Obama testing people for coronavirus exactly we'll never, first we'll never in the front lines and now he destroys our economy again with the virus the Chinese virus disgrace <laughs> Disgraceful. Well, um, so yeah, it's pretty anyway. interesting. These training camps, like they decided, they basically said, "All oh, right, training camp start now, lads." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is what's called. It's very it. badly managed. It's incredibly oh, it's poorly hilarious. managed. And some of these guys have very legitimate complaints. I mean, Russell Wilson, Matthew alluded to um, earlier. Russell Wilson was was talking about whether or not it was wise for him to to come back this year especially given the fact that he has a pregnant wife. Yeah. There's a lot of personal stuff these guys are dealing with. They've got families, they've got loved ones, uh, you know, they've got older relatives. It's not all just about the personal risk to the players. There's there's a wider context to this that makes some of their grievances pretty understandable. Sir, unsurprisingly, actually, Aaron Rodgers has no issues because, you know, he's got no loved ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His family couldn't be further away from him if he tried. Aaron Rodgers actually been mailing a season ticket to his mom as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden he wants a better relationship yeah, with yeah. his mom. He's going on a three week trip and he he's going on like on a three week trip to Florida and he's also injected himself with Ebola before he visits. <laughs> um, it's all right. Even PFF's favorite, Aaron Donald, has recently come out. Yep, we already talked about PFF's favorite, and that was Russell Wilson. Oh, favorite defensive <laughs> lineman then. But their favorite nice. kicker is Justin Tucker. Where's he at? Well, he's not true. I say. We, we, we got to see as well. Why don't they just do what? Like UFC is doing Fight Island. Uh, right. UFC is doing Fight <laughs> Island. Uh, the NBA is doing a bubble, and they got a barber shop in there. They are. Why can't the yeah. NFL do something? Just rent out Jacksonville. <laughs> And just tell I think they're in denial. <laughs> I think they're in denial, quite frankly. I mean, I was I saw I saw a tweet that someone had put out. Um, I forget who exactly it was. My apologies, but they were basically saying that when when all this kicked off, the NFL was the only major sports league, pretty much worldwide, who had the benefit of having a long, prolonged off season to manage the situation to prepare to come out of the gate completely ready for whatever was going to happen and basically they've completely wasted that they they haven't yeah. put um, due diligence into figuring out a plan of action they haven't been coordinated they haven't had a um, a unified approach to this from all the teams I mean we've got some teams saying that they want to sell tickets in their stadiums we've got some teams saying they don't want anyone in we've got other teams saying they want to block out the front rows and other teams saying that they don't agree to that it, the thing is a mess 
It's the fact that they just they clearly sat and went, it'll all be over by the time our preseason and season starts. Yeah. Or we'll extend it a wee bit. Their only thought was maybe we'll put it off a bit. Uh, Giddell, and then beyond that, they didn't do anything. Goodell's still in the Winchester having a pint. <clears throat> yeah. Like, <laughs> he thinks it's all done for the the NFL like as an organization is like Wiley Coyote running off of the the cliff and they're they're yet to look down and realize that there's nothing there. The COVID like plan is seen other leagues do it sky. So is the season going to start? Other leagues have had to deal with it. <clears throat> Are we is getting the season, season going to start on time? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I I sincerely doubt it. Especially over there, like it's it's mental how they haven't even finished the first spike and they're in the second What's spike. Uh, and Mark Andrews yeah. is diabetic. He was my t- fantasy tight end three. <laughs> how selfish can you get NFL? Come on, fucking diabetic. Yeah, might not even be. Able to, I mean, he doesn't get. He won't get much pressures to catch anyway. But but still, lads. Lads, this is why you listen to the World of No Sport podcast for the in-depth personal perspective, the the real yeah. home touch that you get on all this news. I mean, fucking hell, he probably pisses himself off. He's, he's probably pissing himself even more now. Fucking hell. Fair. Just a yeah. you know, diabetic humour. So that's that's mainly, that's, that's <laughs> one of the two uh, things that's been going on in the NFL the other thing that's been going on which we're not going to spend too much time on because it's kind of it's it's a little bit it's it's something that ah, you can, on, you can just, talk uh, just, about but just there's assume not, Dan Schneider's evil yeah there's Everyone not much to say trying to basically block fans from getting in the stadium Dan Schneider's trying to figure out how to block the sun <laughs> yeah basically Dan Schneider is um, isn't just great a bad guy. which is something we've known for a while but we now have uh, several different uh, women who have gone on the record to say that the Redskins organization has basically shielded um, people committing uh, sexual harassment in various forms uh, for quite a while now. Also, to be fair to the NFL, they instantly condemned it. I read the NFL's post about it before I read the actual thing. Like nice. it was quite, they were quite quick to now, condemn it. This could have implications towards one Jay Gruden, which in turn might have implications towards Gardner Minshew. Hmm. You think so? Well, uh, he's going to be the offensive coordinator for Minshew and, and the Jags. And what if he gets sacked? And they go, "Ah, oh, there you are. He's part of it." All quiet, Jay. It's possible. Mm. I'm just saying. I mean, you are going to have a lot of people having to rush to clear their names. Because they have to after all after all that's come out. And Minchie is too wholesome. You're gonna have to prove to be they caught up in this. Well, he's also in a second year. I don't like. Yeah, Minshew wouldn't have been anywhere near this. I mean, he's never played in Washington. No. Well, he's played that's in Washington, but the other Washington, like. so. <laughs> different Washington. I am being facetious now. Okay. Yes, they are. Jesus. We're you just covering yourself. ourselves, Connor, because you forgot to say allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, that allegedly. Does. Did exactly saves it, <laughs> okay. saves it. All right, that's what's fine. Now you say whatever you want. Allegedly, right. Aaron Rodgers did not cure cancer when he had the possibility to. He holds the secret, <laughs> allegedly. There we there go. We are. Uh, so moving on, <clears throat> we I guess we're going to run through some Premier League. I don't even want to talk about Premier League games. Uh, the, the only big well, news so there's, there's one in particular that game at least we should talk about, about. Huh. I mean I can understand you don't want to go over uh, well that's I mean that's kind of important for Bournemouth a little bit but 
<laughs> what bloody Spurs three Leicester nil. Aye, that's the one. Puts Leicester on even goal difference with United and same points. That is important. Everyone knew Leicester were losing it because they're losing everything. Actually, it's implication on the table. I think I think we we need to I think we need to circle back a bit, guys. I think we need to rewind the clock a second here because there is a there is a there is a penalty flag on the field. What is that? Is that a Bucky Boy bet? I do believe it might be. I do believe that in the previous edition of the podcast, Connor and Matthew entered into a Bucky Boy bet over whether or not Leicester would win any of their three remaining Premier League ties. After which, uh, was it three or four? I'm not sure. But uh, I think that Leicester then uh, almost immediately afterwards uh, went and pantsed Sheffield United. Yeah, the the fact that I would have made that Bucky Boy bet... And by the time anyone listened to it, it would have been over. Pretty yeah, devastating. Yeah. But, <laughs> <was> you know, <laughs> Leicester's only going to lose two of their last three games. In all fairness, like, I think United United won tonight and they go, they've beaten oh, yeah. them. And then it they'll play them in the final week much. and they will demolish them. Because Leicester... Granted, United are coming off a defeat, having to beat the, the, strong, the strong playing, some would say, overachieving West Ham boys. Mm. I will oh. mention that United are not playing them tonight. They're playing them yeah. tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow. United. Or United's no. attack is like three times more Wednesday, yeah. than Spurs's, and Spurs were a threat oh, yeah. anytime going forward. Leicester are doomed. Harry Kane made Leicester look terrible on his own, and as much as I hate to admit that, he did, and he's player, been he was weighed he just was and that's with Harry Kane being weighed down, down by all them flies in his mouth. <laughs> well, Anthony Marshall does not have any any issue with that. He will go to town on him. Uh, the other Premier League yeah. news is that Watford sacked Nigel Pearson with two games Which to go, and they're likely safe from relegation. Away. And they decided what? not to let him play the last two games. That just doesn't make it sense to me. Sad. What they're <laughs> doing doesn't make any sense. What they're doing, they're making sure they get that new manager bounce for the last two games. <laughs> Big Sam is going to rest his <clears throat> bloody stomach fat on the table and say, "We're winning these two games, boys." <laughs> the issue for me, like, how, how many managers is that that Watford have been through in a season? They have sacked three this season. Jesus Christ! Yep. Yep. I mean, well, you get to a point, lads, where you have to wonder, like, if every single manager is the problem, maybe you're the problem. Yeah, cause, well, to be fair, Watford are likely to lose their last two Nigel games. Nigel Pearson which is wasn't sad, even a problem. Still, like, they were seven points from no, Sifty before he came in. And now they're three points right. clear. <laughs> he was doing this, it. I was saying, uh, the people I'm really worried for... At that point, it's not the manager. Yeah. Or yeah, the when people, they realise it's not the manager, because it's clearly not the manager. The people that I worry for currently are Watford's kind of general management and ownership because I don't know about you lads, but I did think that Nigel Pearson looked an awful lot like the long lost third Cray twin. I wonder if they're gonna get oh, yeah. some they're gonna get some cheeky visit down the pub when they go in next time. Like There's gonna be a lad comes in behind them. I felt they looked like some long lost history teacher. They just just wound up uh, they have a wild tendency to get lost, don't yeah, they? Yeah they do, they do. 
I think maybe maybe the forearms were too intimidating in the end. Like this man was only doing curls, like wrist curls. And he was uh, oh, just, just, just during halftime, he'd be squeezing that wee thing. No, no team talk. He's just yeah. <laughs> squeezing the thing in the hand. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> he's just got a massive, pure, heavy duty stress ball, and he's just fucking. Yeah, every up. time. That's actually every time his centre backs misplace a pass, he does one push up. No. <laughs> That's what he's actually instead of a stress ball, it's actually uh, Troy Deeney's cojones. He's just squeezing <laughs> them at halftime furiously. <laughs> in a dairy accent is a very oh. fucking funny word <laughs> right, in the uh, in the championship yeah oh, yes. the teams that are, are going to replace the sad yeah. sad prospects of Norwich City probably Bournemouth and either and then, Aston Villa or Watford yeah yeah, uh, yeah so it's gonna uh, one we know for certain is uh, Leeds United who are annoyingly annoyingly back in the top division of English football they were deserving champions this year as they managed to capitalise on West Brom's inconsistency here's my thing yeah. yes. too many people are happy that Leeds are back in the Premier League they've been gone so long that people are starting to romanticise them but in the end in reality Leeds fans are just bandwagoners who love them during the 80s and 90s yeah every every white van and maybe I'm exaggerating but every white van in Derry has a white van man inside clearly and he will be a Leeds fan because he was just alive in the 80s so you'll see the Le- the Leeds sticker on the back window and you'll know that's a man in his 40s and he's going to be delighted now Leeds played some of the best football this year and what my hope they is they did actually play quite well and what my hope is is that they'll do what Norwich did and their quality of football will destroy the championship but not translate towards the Premier League at all and yeah. Patrick Bamford will be exposed uh, as a man who couldn't hit the fucking side of a lorry with a flamethrower and they will go crashing back down are you at all interested to see what happens when Bielsa gets a proper run at the Premier League no I mean I yes I hope he doesn't I I hope they fucking sack him after three games because they're stupid I hope they go back into financial turmoil I hope they. I hope they never why? see them. Go into administration. I don't know why you have such a disdain towards Leeds. Because they're a stain. It does seem to be rather strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like, like I understand it. I understand the bandwagon in point, but I don't understand My your disdain. First personally. game I remember, two thousand and three. Leeds Aye. three, Arsenal two. Mark Faduka with an 89th minute winner, and that ended the league. Uh, the league title chase that year. And I laughed. Right. The next year I laughed to see them go into administration and go down. <laughs> Fair dues. Fair dues. Well, they're back now and we're all going to get a chance to see what we really think of Leeds in the 21st century. Well, that's actually a point someone made. I can't remember who it was because it was on the radio and I couldn't rewind it. But somebody was saying it's worth talking about the Leeds management in the same league as Klopp's management in that the achievement is equally big what he's done with Leeds and what Klopp's done with Liverpool is sort of on a par so what do you think of that Nick? There's, there's, as well, as there's, some, there's some definitely some parallels I mean especially if you look at the fact that last year 
um, in the in the like eighteen nineteen season, Bielsa had this you know this really like dominant campaign where everyone was kind of expecting Leeds to do really well. They were they were getting a ton of points. They were careering towards what looked like promotion, and then at the end of the season, they they just couldn't quite go that last mile. And in in a way that was very similar to what was happening in the Premier League, where we had. Um, you had, you know, Liverpool obviously who were who were chasing City, um, but City just never let up, and then and then the league finished with like what was, it? was like a two point difference last year, and well, it was kind of the same thing with the, uh, the Championship last year, where Leeds came within touching distance of promotion, only to fail at the last minute. Well, I say the because the, the difference the difference there though um, is that Leeds had so many, unlike Liverpool who were like, Aye. I don't know, they were chasing down a, a freight train that wasn't giving up anything. Leeds had yeah. so many chances, and they yeah. bottled it. They blew it. And even in the playoffs when they were against been, Derby, they had like a two-goal yeah. advantage, and Derby just came back. There has been, um, there has been historically, there's been a lot of criticism of Bielsa's teams um, for the, the, the pace that they follow. Um, physically speaking, the pace they follow, which is very, very intense. And the idea is that if you are operating your players at such a high intensity over the course of an entire season, then by the end of that season, they are going to get increasingly worn out, increasingly tired and fatigued. It's going to take them longer to recover. They're not going to reach their same peak levels of performance that they were at before. And you're going to see a significant drop-off in performance of your team overall because your players just can't keep the pace physically. And that's something that people have criticised him for when he was at Marseille. And it's something that they were, people you know, were, were saying uh, was coming back around to bite him um, now with Leeds that last year. Um, the team seemed to fall off at the end of the season. In fact, what we may have seen, in a way, with the coronavirus, is almost the perfect, the perfect antidote to um, to that problem with Bielsa. In the fact that they had like a two month or like a three month gap in the right. middle of the season yeah. for it's all the, his players to just go rest, reset their batteries, recover. Yeah, the 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 reverse. Um, the reverse, uh, the reverse Sheffield United, if you will. Well, I don't the, know about that now. The reverse Leicester. Well, no, Sheffield have Sheffield have managed to get back a hold of things a bit, a bit better. But it's 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 interesting because you wonder had that break not happened, had COVID not thrown such a spanner in the works, would Leeds have recovered their form? Would they have um, been able to keep it up? in order to win the championship or would they yet again have trailed off at the end of the season and we'd have had yet another year where people are saying Bielsa can coach for three quarters of a season but he can't finish the he can't finish the job uh, you're giving me a lot of hope a lot of hope for next year Nick that they'll fall apart fall into smithereens <laughs> end with like four points beautiful well there are ten for your gate or well, probably less than ten but there are near ten for your games to play I know they're mm. tougher games, but that might help. And uh, come on, I they're, say, they're I'm not going against Henry Lansbury in the Premier League now. I'm expecting them to look more like Southampton than I am for them to look like Norwich. I hey, will say hey. that. Norwich were 
Norwich were arguably a better team last year than Leeds are this year? I mean, perhaps, but Norwich just completely failed to translate the qualities that they had in the Championship into the Premier League, where you saw Chris Wilder with Sheffield took it completely in stride. You know, he might have been playing different teams every week, but he was doing the same things and he was producing similar results, well, if not as good, because the quality of the opposition is is undoubtedly higher. He's still getting results and he's still seeing that his his management techniques and his coaching techniques are effective. Whereas with Norwich, it just seemed like it didn't work at that level. Well, Nick, let's hope uh, let's hope I'm right and you're wrong, and Patrick Bamford starts every game <laughs> next year. I'm actually I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with Leeds. I think it's fascinating that they've been promoted. I don't feel strongly about Leeds one way or the other. I really have no big opinion. I'm interested to see what Bielsa does, but beyond that, to me, this is just an uh, interesting little experiment. I think the hype is making me interested. I, I don't think there's any. If it was just Leeds going up and nobody, I didn't hear anybody talking yeah. about it. I'd be like, yeah, oh, there's three new teams in the, the Prem. And definitely because there's so much games, hype. especially the one against United, be tasty next year. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely much more interested in seeing Leeds um, have to play in the Prem than, like, say, West Brom. Because, like, if West yeah. Brom go up, like, all right, okay, it's going to be interesting when they have to play Wolves, and then you've got like a. Uh, a black country derby like okay cool and Fine. Aston Villa but, yeah Aston Villa's going to be there well <laughs> <laughs> sure um, but um, so but Leeds the race for second in the championship was uh, also hilarious uh, since yeah. uh, West Brom played West, West Brom played Huddersfield and uh, looking for a chance to secure second place you know, because Brentford were coming right, they were hot in the heels, coming up behind them, and so yeah, they lose two one to Huddersfield in a game where Huddersfield were utter trash. But good old Emil Smith Rowe, aka the next Urzel, who will hopefully be back at Arsenal next year, uh, got the winner for them. Uh, and this yeah. is a whole team that were uh, fighting, re- fighting relegation. Do you say Hull? Huddersfield. That's what I said. Why's up, Nick? All right, of course. <laughs> Of course, uh, so this Huddersfield team, they this is a uh, was an important win for them as they've likely survived relegation now. And uh, Huddersfield rewarded their managers by sacking them. <laughs> <laughs> that could uh, be the exact same what happens with Watford like, in, a, in a move that's now known as pulling a Watford. And so yeah, uh, that meant Brentford were in pole position to capitalise and get their knife win on the bounce against a relegation threatened Stoke and leapfrog Watford with uh, Watford leapfrog West Brom with what one or two games to go and of course they lost yeah. Yeah. they lost because I bet <laughs> on them and they looked awful yeah. um, that's a blow well, they, to replacing Watford but... with a proper B team not these stupid ass moose logos when you're calling yourself the Hornets got a real issue there yeah, didn't they have a, something where people were suggesting that they would have like a, a redesign competition for the Watford logo? I but again, you're taking a risk leaving it up to your fan. I remember seeing something like that, and in the end, they were like, "No, we're just going to keep it as is." And it was a little bit disheartening. I was like, "Come on, lads, you've got a shit logo." Like, let's be honest. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, 
I don't mind it, but as as they say, you shouldn't be called the Hornets if it's not a Hornet. I do understand. What that. I'm sort of worried about as well is that if Brentford finish third, Cardiff's likely finishing sixth, and Brentford are way more, they seem way more dangerous than West Brom. I don't know. I'd rather they play West Brom. I because because obviously Brentford have now won eight of nine, whereas West Brom have lost yeah. a few games lately. And they've they've you know they've drawn a few and they haven't looked you know they've not looked great. So and do you rate at all Fulham's chances creeping in at the last minute? Uh, I mean Fulham's in the they're oh, not making yeah, Fulham still have a chance for coming second. Uh, well, they'd have they have both of those teams they lose next week. Uh, yeah, you never know. So West Brom West Brom against QPR and brr, where where's the other one? Where's the other? One? Brentford are playing Barnsley and Fulham have got Wigan which looks winnable I think oh, I mean per, Wigan have been decent Wigan. lately but per Wigan you know um, so Wigan yeah. conceded a 90 something like a 94th minute equaliser to Charlton yeah and that two points might cost them the league because they're going to get a 12 point deduction and so yeah. they need to win against Fulham and have Luton or Luton and Barnsley both they lose yeah, yeah. fucking shite fight one lads mm, well well it's a tricky proposition for Fulham to get in first because that would be also relying on Brentford losing to Barnsley Barnsley um, fighting for their lives I do believe yeah Barnsley fighting for their lives but Barnsley are probably going to go down so they're not very good so we'll, we'll see Aye. we'll see uh, but so at, at the moment that's the picture so, uh, and then, yeah, so from the sunny championship playoff. I don't know where Brentford is. Is that in London? Going from London to Madrid as Real Madrid are the first champions of this new decade in Spain. This means now that and uh, Real Madrid, without Ronaldo, have won as many uh, have won as many league titles this decade as they did with Ronaldo in the last decade. And and really, what this is to me is as well a vindication of Zidane as a manager. True, I, I never even thought about that actually. Because he's come back, he's come back without Ronaldo, facing up against Leo Messi's Barcelona. Yep. I say Eden Leo Hazard Messi's injured for most of the, the year. Barcelona is. Gareth Bale. But yeah. With a twelve handicap or whatever it is. Playing golf, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the stands with this coronavirus mask on. Um, but no, it, it's, it's been a real kind of like showcase of Zidane's, um, Zidane's strength as a manager and his ability to, to deliver in ways in which people might not have expected him to, especially considering that he was often, like in, in, in a way that was so weird as well, he was kind of dismissed as being like, oh, well, you know, like he's only... He's only won like he's only won like Champions Leagues because he's got Ronaldo, which to be fair is just an insane thing to say when someone's won the Champions League three times in a row, which is unheard of. But it's also just kind of ridiculous because it's not as if other teams have never had star players. Aye. But now he's come back. Especially when Ronaldo Ronaldo's no there. seemed to disappear quite a lot in the finals. Uh, yeah, he quite often just w- he was, was always like that, there and he always the did something. One, but the, he'd always like, be like, any time he did anything, the commentators just the last him one up. against Liverpool, he literally did nothing. <laughs> I don't remember him Absolutely. getting the ball. That was a, yeah. a prime Ronaldo. Like Ronaldo's specialty in finals 
is being the focus of just everyone's attention all the time and doing feck all. I mean, it was like that he in does the Euros, so wasn't it? And everyone's like, oh! I mean, he got injured in the Euros, yeah. just bless him. I bet even then, in other did, games, he, he would be quiet a, for a lot of the game. Do one nah, thing I mean, and that's it. he a goal against uh, Wales the in the semis. Yeah, how many games did he play? Against Wales. Hey, Wales were one of the Wales four best in teams the semis. in that tournament. <laughs> Stop dissing <laughs> Wales. Let's not. Ashley Williams and Jordan Let's not. Let's not mince words here. Portugal had by far the easiest run to the finals of a Euros that anyone's had yeah. since Greece. Aye. And, hey, don't diss Greece. What do you mean? I you mean, <laughs> saying Greece had a difficult or an easy. They already beat France in the round of 16. I was still in Portugal. Oh, well, I suppose Portugal France, had to beat them France, again. Every, yeah. every second like tournament, Two years France later, they were in the World Cup final. Yeah, no, no, because that's that's the next say every tournament. Second you, you, tournament like, because in two thousand and two they went out down. in the group stage. That was meant to be their good one, and that was a well, great France team. Was after that they was a French it. team that uh, that beat England earlier on. So what are you saying? Still makes sense. And then the then the oh. Greek team they went through. They had to beat Czech. There was Czech Republic, who were one of the best teams in that tournament. That bloody Milan Baros was the Golden Boot winner. <laughs> I, what he said still kind of makes sense from your point because France won it in 98 then played shit in 02 yeah. and they played alright yeah. in 04 so every second tournament and they just came up against Greece <laughs> I'm nearly sure they got to the final in 06 too Aye. or was that 2010 and they you know that was 06 yeah Zidane I see, once again involved I don't I don't consider that to have been blown in my oh, mind but Zidane put his head through somebody yeah as well he should have Oh, I agree. He it did was the right fucking thing. Mean, when you have the, and if he was in that situation, he should do it again. I mean, France at that point, you could argue, had the number one and number two player in the world playing for them. If you could still consider like Zidane to be like one of the best at that time. Oh, in 2006, time, yeah. definitely. And that was his last yeah. game. They also had Henri. Certainly. Just you know, they had Henri and Trezeguet up front. You know, it's not bad. Alright, but. Decent team. Decent team. Very underrated as well. They've got so much depth. And then the best player in bloody Portugal in the one in 2016, their best player in the final was bloody Sissoko. <laughs> Who was playing Sissoko for is, is showing himself to be a quality player. I love Sissoko, but he's at the t- then he wasn't that he, great. He's just a good charge in a player. Sissoko has probably one of the strongest worth ethics I've ever seen in a player honestly oh, FIFA 2014 so legend because when he was playing with Toulouse he <laughs> had strength speed and power you know how sometimes if a player uh, if they, they have a player of these Aye. insane physical stats but then he goes to signs for a good team like Spurs or you know even at the time Newcastle and they get recognition so then they're like, oh, Jesus, oh, we're going to have to nerf him a bit. When he played for Toulouse, he was not nerfed. And he was OP as fuck. <laughs> just... I changed my lineup. The I, I adjusted it so that I had almost all these defenders. And I just put him as a centre mid, who was my most attacking player, and just let him charge. Utter tank. <laughs> anyway, Real player. Madrid... Champions of Spain, yes. very impressive by yep. uh, Zidane. Uh, good, it was good that uh, Karim Benzema got a chance to be the best player. Yeah, you know, after being I mean, there for, as well for 
a big uh, a big turnaround for Thibaut Courtois, who had a very rocky start to his season and then just turned it around tremendously. Because mm. when he first made the move to Madrid, he had a couple of games where people were like, "This this guy seems to be like shaky." He's making uh, like Jordan these Pickford weird, was in his head. Weird red free. Uh, and and um, and but since then, no, he's he's really improved. Um, he's kind of worked himself into the team properly, and he's been really solid. So hats off to him. I think he actually won. I think he won an award or something. I don't. I have, I have no idea what La Liga calls these awards. Yeah, but he, called, he won it was some award La Liga. For, <laughs> no, I mean like an individual thing. You, you want an individual thing. Like was for, it a goalkeeping award? Yeah, or just it's, a like, it's award? some kind of goalkeeping award for like fewest goals conceded in like a set number of games or something. Looks like most that. like right. a fucking prey mantis. That's his award. I, ah, you can't hit. They can't all hit. They can't all hit. Um, so what? Oh, so what else? What else went on this? You know, this weekend. What else is good? You know. What else happened? Oh, I can actually uh, pull no, no, up. I can, I can bring up. Um, I can bring up the Ballon d'Or was cancelled. Uh, yes. Liverpool oh, yes. fans furious. I can see them complaining online. They thought Jordan Henderson was a shoo-in. <laughs> this is an unfair characterization of Liverpool fans. <laughs> was that real? I thought that was real for a second. I was. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Everyone actually had their bets on Mikel Antonio. Sure, sure thing. <laughs> Sure. I, I stuck it on Danny Ings myself. Makes yeah, sense. Right. Future Premier League top goal scorer. I should be. He's the best player. He's the best striker in the league, if you ask me. Have you ever seen Danny Ings and Jamie Vardy in the same room? No, I haven't. Danny or Jamie Vardy is like some fictional ice creature. He's like a cartoon <laughs> version. It's like how it's just yeah, Jack, Frost, like version of Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. And couldn't put him in a human form, and that'd be him. Oh, that's true. He's got I a, just he's got, got a fuck show up there, like, and I'm like, that's ice it. drinks now. Or Red Bull Ice Slushy, sponsored by Jack Frost. Do you kind of get the idea that Jamie Vardy is like an eight year old's idea of what? Like a Premier League striker should be. I mm, I'd know. argue that because whenever I was creating like creatures, creatures <laughs> online, <laughs> <laughs> there would be other creatures because they'd be the biggest and oh. the heaviest players. So uh, I say my idea of a Premier League striker would have been that Russian striker, uh, Dzuba. <laughs> Artem Zuba. I uh, just an absolute henchman. <laughs> oh, aye, fair. All right, so moving on back to the 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 main event. Yeah, FA Cup semi final, and like semi finals, semi finals. Oh, come on, everyone! Everyone knew well, the results. Yeah, there were two. <laughs> I I predicted this weeks in advance that it would be an Arsenal Chelsea final. It's oh, kind of inevitable. all over again. This is when, this is like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, when the yeah. unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Arsenal versus Giroud, FA Cup finals. Someone's going to lose yep. an FA Cup final. 
Arsenal haven't lost one since 2001 when they were robbed against Liverpool despite a Liverpool defender handballing it on the line to prevent a shot from going in. But anywho. Is that why Henri did it to us? They, we didn't handball it on the Bastards. line. Isn't that... It was on a line. Wasn't that Thierry Henry's signature move? Yeah. Eh, I mean, this time we were actually cheated. Anyway, it's in the past. <laughs> Ireland, uh, Ireland... Oh, I think Ireland were also cheated. Okay. By not... Uh, not scoring oh, like four goals that uh, Lasana Diara had assisted Robbie Keane. It was their own damn fault. I did kind of, I kind of wonder as well though. But like the 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 whole, you know, the whole kind of like nationwide spread of Arsenal fans in Ireland that day must there must have been like a fifty percent mortality rate on aneurysms for people watching Thierry Henry and it was a confusing time. I saw that happen. Because I, I was like, <laughs> I hated well, Arsenal. No, that way I said it. I was like, if Robbie Keane did that, you'd be applauding him. And my mum and dad were like, no, he'd admit it. Would he fucking? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Connor. That's so stupid to say. That, if Robbie Keane had done it, you'd have, you'd have applauded it. I just wouldn't have complained. I wouldn't have applauded it. But Robbie Keane didn't do it. Terry Henry did it. I, Terry, I, 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 in, in terms of pedestals, I put Terry Henry above the entire country of Ireland. I don't, I don't, well, maybe. I adore that man. If he had given Arsenal a Champions League, then maybe, but he didn't. Oh man, he he basically took them to the Champions League final himself. I agree, and then Saul Campbell scored instead of Henri, and that Aye, was it. And then late James Lehman got himself sent off. I I still I still argue to this day with people that that should have been given as a goal and not a I, Of goal. course, but the ref decided to say fuck him. And uh, let's not forget the VAR existed. <laughs> you didn't have a bad game existed, after that, to be fair. Barcelona don't get a, an equaliser. Yeah, because was it fucking Samia? Yeah, it was offside. Eto, and I'm sick to yeah. this day of everyone going, "Oh, Henrik Larsson came on and changed that game." Fuck up, <laughs> fucking Henrik Larsson. <laughs> anyway, on the happier, happier times, time. and yeah, you took Rick the Bamiang scores too. <laughs> No worries. Alright, so but Arsenal, unsurprisingly, Arsenal coming off a defensive masterclass and beating uh, the uh, Europe the best team Liverpool, Liverpool uh, in a solid uh, in a solid one two one. They decided, ah, you know what, Man City second in the league, they must be half as good, and you know what, they were. <laughs> Arsenal completely solid two 0 win, clean sheet against a full strength Man City team. Once again, I'm interesting to see. Dominate nearly as much as Liverpool. They had much more possession, but they only had two shots on target. So like, and they fouled Arsenal, and triple the amount of times. So like, Arsenal just played better. Uh, Arsenal were very good. Matthew, are you, are you finally realizing that Man City fouls like there's no feckin' tomorrow? No, I know they do, but to be have twelve fouls noted against Arsenal means there was probably thirty-eight. <laughs> True. Do that. It's notable that Arsenal got called out less than a team. Varsenal, uh, more like. I wish oh, we were Varsenal. Aubameyang I as well. We I was worried at the start of this game because he must a, a decent attempt by shooting straight at the keeper. Uh, Aubameyang did his uh, perfect Aubameyang did his classic. You know, he didn't really do much. He missed a bit of a sitter. Oh, you know, he has two goals at the end of the day, so we're gonna just forgive him. And there were two goals where if he put them anywhere else but where he put them, they wouldn't have gone in. Right. Well, especially the first, very one. Good the first one was a class finish. Yeah. It was another typical defensive performance at David Luiz, 
obvious man of the match. I think this is a massive redemption. He's going to be in Red Dead Redemption 3. That's what the story's going to be. He was another rock <laughs> you in the need to be. You need to be careful, lad, because you're saying this now. You're 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 a far cry. You're not a far cry from uh, from jinxing this lad in the final. Maybe you did say this about Mustafi a couple of weeks ago when you hey. said he has arc has ended. <laughs> Mustafi came back and was amazing. He was good in this game. I oh know, but God. a couple of weeks ago you said his arc's over, his redemption arc is over. Oh, well, like he Aye. did, he did almost, he did do his best to give uh, Harry Kane about eight goals against fucking uh, against the fucking Spurs. Yeah. Yep. And to be fair to Mr. Hughes, he got some air holes punctured in his head as well. But I know Arteta got his lineup up uh, great again. He's, he's done this. This is two games in a row now that he's done this fantastic mind games where Arsenal play like utter shit for the first 15 minutes and then boom, we're in it. We're back in the game. <laughs> it's done it twice. It is actually... <laughs> it was really like hectic in Arsenal's box. Never mind Arsenal's own half for the first probably 10, 15 minutes as you say and then all of a sudden it's just like bang, bang, bang it's all Arsenal up front what I will say is that lad that you have in goal now Daddy Martinez Martinez is it? Daddy Martinez he he, he like is putting Velcro pads on his gloves or some shite yeah he just catches everything it's amazing because I it was was so good to see I don't know who it was if it was like Sterling or someone put one down and it was like, oh, a, it was like a, a low Mahrez, ball Mahrez to the, the, the bottom corner a yeah. low driver like alright yeah. and the ball just stopped it just stopped yeah. moving completely and you didn't see that two. he's great Do you, does he just that have the biggest hands but that, <coughs> sorry I think Maybe. he just knows how to stop a ball to be honest a lot like of them just the try and palm it away for the net whereas he mm. just Schmeichel at times just saves the ball if it goes we need to combine, he has no intention of stopping uh, it it's just going away from the net uh, Martinez on Jared Leno and we just get Martinez calm and composure and size and catching the ball and then Leno's ability to stop people from scoring from like two yards out you want them to do a, a Dragon Ball Z style but then that would fusion. be unfair because they'd just be the best goalkeeper why do we have the be- our two best players have to be goalkeepers because Leno is our player of the season and then Martinez is coming in and it's like there's been no difference so, yeah. it's actually I've been surprised at just how well he's done oh, he's, I thought so there would be a he's bit so of a calm. drop but he, he's and done what you very, were saying very, there very about well. the uh, craziness going on yeah. in the box Arsenal obviously tried to pass it around it, no. <laughs> it's good. Arteta is just doing what Emery yeah. did but it's working <laughs> 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 he did say that he said he's changed absolutely funny. nothing in one of his post-match interviews which is hilarious to be fair that's such a funny oh. comment for a manager to make and then he goes there's a massive difference between us and Liverpool and I haven't changed anything so yeah, the yet the first goal was it was uh, must have been uh, you must have been ripping your hair out and panicking as they were passing it around the box for about 10 passes but it worked and all of a sudden we're flying up the pitch it was a 19 play move Absolute yeah. dime of a cross by Pete into the back post for uh, Aubameyang. And it was a great finish by Aubameyang. Like it, you know, it bounced right before he hit it, so he hit it on the on the half volley, right in the post. Yeah, and then mm. yeah. and it had there was this great image great at halftime. I would it was like this to... great image at halftime with uh, <laughs> Pep Guardiola turning around to complain to his team. 
but because of uh, social distancing, everyone's a few seats away, and the camera was close. The camera was close so that he was talking straight to the seat and just gyrating and complaining, which led to a lot of people saying, oh, mate, our Ted is gone. <laughs> yeah, the second half was much the same. Uh, City came out, City came out firing there. Like uh, Nick alluded to, there was that shot by Mares. But aside from that, Arsenal were looking very solid. Yeah. I think we need to go down to Gibraltar and make sure uh, Shaq is not there because there's this big massive rock in the middle of Arsenal's midfield and I hope they didn't get swapped because he's been utterly immense. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, the second goal got them on a counter. Thank God uh, Benjamin a- Mendy or whatever his name is playing a Bamiyang on as uh, Tesco bag himself done a lovely little dink over the top they put a Bamiyang through 2-0 yeah. game over Arsenal in the FA Cup final actually speaking of as you say Tesco bag himself he played a big part in City not scoring uh, and that craziness in the box early on he's just a, like there's one uh, just across just came defender. flying in and he was just like bang it's just no baller he's just so solid and he's afterwards it's like he's done nothing he has no reaction to it he's just like oh yeah, that's my fucking job, boys. I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's something in 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 the water in Scottish football that can kind of like Iron Brew neck. for the right, for the right kind of player, for the right kind of player being in that sort bucket. of chaotic, horrible environment that's just so violent and stupid. Just it, it if you if you can can make your way through that to the other side, you just come out with complete confidence and calm. Because it's what you see with, with Van Dyke. Like he he doesn't get phased by anything. And I wonder if it's it's just this kind of situation where he's he has played enough games against Rangers to the point where he doesn't care anymore. It doesn't matter. You can't do anything to him. He's already been hurt too much. Just kind of you've seen worse. This isn't that bad. Aye. It's like if you sleep on the ground for a week, your bed will feel more comfortable. I may be completely off base with that, but I wonder if there's something to it. It's, it might be something to it. It's just even having the better standard players around you as well. So it must be kind of cool to go from being by far the best player in the team to being one just a very good player on a very good team. It was an emotional moment after the game For some as well. people, I'm not saying that's uh, everybody. Everyone was but. hugging and loving Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who... Yeah. He played the whole game. It was it was actually Arsenal's uh, one of Arsenal's weaker players, him and Bellerin. They were kind of getting taken the time by Sterling and yeah. Mahrez. But uh, yeah, because he's obviously handed in the, uh, the transfer also. request, so everyone's kind of giving him tighter hugs and getting all close there. Uh, Kieran Tierney <laughs> might have made the news a bit for an obscene gesture that he apologised for on Twitter. I'm annoyed at the apologies because that's just because some boy, for the boys there. Uh, I was about to say to put a positive spin on it. A guy replied saying, "You were sending that out to my cancer and gave a like a f you to cancer." So Kieran Tierney sent that boy a shirt. So it's all <laughs> we're all well and well and well. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that man oh, can fantastic. do no fucking wrong at the minute. I reckon he'll run some over someone over in his car and it'll turn yeah, around. Actually, turn they're robbing a bank, so he saved As the day once again. Went forward in time. Scottish <laughs> 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 people do have good lungs. I say that. They love their run because obviously Andy Robertson loves their run. John McGinn could run for days. <laughs> 
So the ah, next match, on, uh, the, the next, next match. match, not even important. Just with, lads. All right. With, so the next match was what the you think uh, was gonna happen? obviously the invitation, the conclusion of the Invitational to see who plays Arsenal in the FA Cup final. That's what it was. And to rewind it, <laughs> and obviously, actually, it was pretty obvious who'd win because one True. team has Olivier Giroud. And they were starting him, and he seems addicted to cup finals as of this entire decade. And he did an absolute number on Harry. I was excited yeah. for it. I wanted Slabhead versus Meathead, and Meathead easily won. <laughs> it was interesting that yeah, Giroud in technically half. scored in the 56th minute of the game, and then. Is it yeah. Mount or whatever you pronounce it? <laughs> scored in the forty sixth minute, but was the second goal scorer on the team. It's just quite sometimes. Fun. But also Which... De, De Gea shot the nest on that second goal. Mm. The first goal probably should have saved, but the second goal he let him, essentially. Uh, the first goal I'll give him a pass because it was from yeah. very, very close in and yeah, you have basically no time to react at all to something like that. You try and get your body in position. Um, you know the ball's going to be coming vaguely towards you. You try and get your body in position. You react as best you can. But when it's that close and it's moving that fast, there's only so much you can do. Um, and he, he, he got some touch on it, but it just wasn't enough. The second goal yeah. was absolute mitts. He should have had that. That was a highlight. Every, time, every day yeah. of the week, he should have had that. But, you know, he's, he's done that I a couple know. of times. He's had he, he has that in him. He's Wait, got no, a, he's had a lot more. He's got a Larice this year. Like he's got a Larice streak to I would him. not be shocked to see him play for yeah. in the Turkish league next year. That seems where he's destined. Him and Urzo are going to be Fernabathi's biggest <laughs> signings of the summer. <laughs> like generally, because like Sheffield have what your boy Henderson, <laughs> who's on loan from United, <laughs> and he'll come back and he'll be number one likely. Ah, uh, Dean Anderson, yeah. Dean Anderson. Well, he's better than De Gea right now. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, after, after that, uh, I mean, Harry Maguire's finish was probably was the a, goal of the game. An 80 million finish. Granted, right it there. was against his own team, but. <laughs> In regards to the whole game, to be fair, it was an upset. Like going into the game, if you told me Chelsea were going to win 3 1, you'd have been surprised. And not just win 3 1. Aye, the, the scoreline was an upset, but I don't games. know if Chelsea won and was an upset. They've been the best team in the league, like, this year. I know, but Chelsea, Chelsea, I just feel like... Wait a minute, no. didn't they didn't they, they lose to Southampton or someone? If you, I think the last time, the last, I think the last time silly. United lost was against Arsenal. So they lost to Southampton 1-0. And it was like the 2-0 back in January <clears> or something. <throat> like, they have been on form. Maybe. Yeah. So it was a surprise, but they did not look up for it at all. I wonder. I wonder if like Ali has like eyes on the. He might have eyes on the top four race because he left out. Well, there was some. There was that's some, the thing. He doesn't need it now. If he wins, yeah. if he wins on Wednesday night, they're ahead of Leicester with a better goal difference. Aye. So they, yeah. they just need to sort of be consistent now, and, and even two draws will see them through. A few little um, little notes as well on just individual moments in that game. Um, first of all, the reason that we had an 11th extra minute of additional time in the first half for Giroud to be scoring as well, there was quite a bad um, there was quite a bad injury between I think was it um, by slabhead struck and Maguire where they, yeah, they Maguire got taped up. Yeah, yeah, they they came together. I mean, have you ever have you, you know ever what slabhead's like? You know, he doesn't half go for someone. 
and this lad. What was scary about it as well is like Harry <laughs> McGuire yeah. went down the woman's head, and then Eric Bally just got up straight away, and then you could see he started to get yeah. woozy, and then he was on the ground. Yeah. What's scary as well is like right before that he had a yeah, head on injury. That's, that's just concussion symptoms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like two concussions, and he could have been carted out of there in a hearse. Yeah, no, you need to be really, really, really so careful. With I just this. don't feel like football has enough in place for head injuries. They, like, they head. just fucking put a bit of white tape on Maguire and sent them out. Yeah, Giroud will handle. I don't think they might right. just need a better concussion <laughs> protocol. A better concussion, a better <laughs> concussion protocol for Maguire would basically look like a you know a trial and some grout. Just pass the whole, send them out again. But, the, but the thing with Bay is, is that he he did he did collapse. But after that, they did take their time with him. They took care oh, yeah. of him, and he, he was able to. He was you know he was stretched off properly, and, and then and then kind of had his his uh, his visit in the hospital, um, which I think he's now been checked out of the hospital. I think he's going to be okay, which is good news for everyone. But it was uh, it was quite quite scary when it, when he saw it happen, yeah. So that was the first half, and then in the second half, um, just something I wanted to know as well because um, I think this was in the second half, a phenomenal world class level dive from Bruno Fernandez, who has been yeah. in in a lot of ways Manchester United's kind of like player of the second half of the season. He's been there like they're like post coronavirus savior, um, but he had a absolutely spectacular dive where someone half made a challenge didn't make contact with any part of his body at all and he went a couple of steps realised that the ball had rolled too far and then just collapsed holding his knee you can't do that mate people are going to watch it people are going to watch the video yeah that's what I always wondered I'm like do you think footballers forget this is all fucking televised uh, in the complete opposite of that as well United, after United went 3-0 down he, the, they managed to get a goal back by one yeah. of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen a defender make I think it was Callum Hudson-Odoi <laughs> just straight up took out uh, Rashford yeah. I think it was or, no not Mara, it was Martial <laughs> he just, just kicked tramped him in the on. box it was Martial he just bit him in the <laughs> fucking no he just bit him you say there's no need and you're like ah no I got him swipe you say there's no need, but, but he, like, he, he, he did come it. on. He wasn't Mass. standing in front of him to be fair. He was running in from away from the tackle, and then. Think about this. <laughs> <laughs> if you really, really don't like someone, they've been getting on your nerves all day. You're three goals up. You know this is a cup tie, so goal difference doesn't matter for Toffee. Why, why don't you just, just put him in the arse a wee bit at the end you know? just kick the fuck out well, of him when you can you're allowed to take someone out <laughs> right, then have a penalty if they're about to have a shot so if they're about to have a shot then you can go full on in because then even if you make a foul the ref's like I edit he took a shot he had his chance it's what you call a free one and basically in Gaelic if someone's taking a shot that's just a free you're allowed to dig him in the ribs yeah Oh yeah, I was like, oh, Connor, could you have made the tackle? Which there? happens nah. frequently. No, nah, what did he Boys punch forget it? that there's a ball there and just run at you. <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> So for one week, you could have stopped he, the oh, ball. can I just say as well? 
Yeah, so this sets Pogba up... Pogba uh, went on. Pogba came on. He did not make one yeah, single difference. Yeah, uh, and this ain't like just he does Pogba. He, there was this... Well, maybe it is. But there was this part towards the end of the game where Ruben Loftus' cheek became a bigger version of Pogba <laughs> and just bullied him. T- took his lunch money, took the ball and just ran out, just outpaced him up the pitch. It was one of the more physically impressive things I've seen. That is all. So the final yeah. is the 1st of August between Arsenal and Chelsea. Right, so It'll be a different affair for Arsenal, uh, who, you know, the last couple of games, obviously we've been praised for uh, defensive, uh, defensive stability, but we've also not had a face a striker over four foot two. So David Louise and Mustafi have just been monsters and clearing it. And Rob Holden, absolute champions. So it'll be a different prospect with Giroud. But then again, Giroud also isn't Gabriel Jesus or Mane or Salah. So it'll be interesting. Do you reckon that do you reckon that Giroud and uh, David Louise are going to get feckin' confused? When one of them's out there in a Chelsea uh, there's strip, there's a chance for a very satisfying revenge. Sense. Because as we know, last year Giroud, in a post-celebration for the Europa, was caught on tape saying "Thank you, Arsenal." So we could get that with David Luiz, and that would be quite nice. Yeah. Like out of both teams, out of both teams that are United and Chelsea, I'd rather have faced Chelsea because I don't think they're as good as United. And as we've seen, they can have some stinkers, such as their three-nil defeat the bloody Sheffield. And they got, they got beat by West Ham 3-2 lately. So I think they have more potential yeah. to have an off day. Yeah. But then also Chelsea oh, are over fair, the moon that they have to play Arsenal instead of Man City. No, so I agree. Can do about that. Wholeheartedly. What ifs? <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. This is, this is this where was we have to decide no, if Arsenal are the FA Cup Kings or Giroud was the FA Cup King. <laughs> this is his fifth out of the well, out of since he's been, five, in, he's been in, five in the Premier League nine. this will be his fifth yeah. FA Cup final in nine years he's won all of them so far which yeah. is obvious. and he's won and four in that he scored he scored one goal in the 4-0 against Asenbola yeah. and the winning assist against both uh, Hull and Chelsea I don't think I don't remember what he did. You know, he played in the FA Cup final for yeah. Chelsea, and he scored a worldly of a goal in the final against Southampton that year. But I don't think he got the. He didn't do anything in the final really because that was a shite final. Like Hazard yeah. got a penalty and then scored, and that was that. It was the same as a champ. I can't remember which Champions League it was. The Liverpool Tottenham Champions League <laughs> in was the, the same. first two minutes. It was just a penalty in the first like, <laughs> it ten was minutes. Hilarious. And the game was shite. It was. It was Sissoko. Yeah, I think it was Sissoko put his arm up. <laughs> he put his yeah, arm up because he was gesturing to it, it other defenders. Was it Sissoko like, or was uh, it uh, uh, Danny Rose? Why'd you have your arm up there? Yeah. And. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. just, just. I know, I know that you're, I know that you're yelling at Vertonghen or whatever that he needs to get back. It was more impressive for the guy who got the penalty because he sniped that, and you'll be fine. You don't need to stick your hand up. Yeah, yeah. they saw it and yeah, he was like, thing, right, man. <laughs> bam. It's fucking Peyton Oswald in the right radio there then. on that day. Do we have anything else to talk about? <laughs> 
Unless we had another Formula One race. <laughs> Although you might, you uh, might not realise if you just look at the my results because it, it for does this seem like to be Hamilton much of, much of the so same. Exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was a bit of a back and yeah, forth fact, between uh, for Leclerc Stappen, and Norris the that Stappen was the only thing I really find entertaining about the whole thing impressive. I like him yeah yeah Verstappen I think is the was the standout in this one um, for, for two reasons partly because of he, the fact that he, he made up quite a lot of places through the field in what a lot of people are recognising to be decidedly at best the second best car and probably the third best car um, and but the interesting part as well is that in the when they did the formation lap so Formula 1 race starts they get the cars on the grid they, they you know they warm the tyres they do all that stuff and the cars are in their grid slots and then they start up they do their formation lap and as they're going around you know everyone clears off the grid then they come back set up um, uh, but as Verstappen was driving out not even on the formation lap, but driving out to go and put park his car before the formation lap, uh, he managed to send his car fully into the barrier and basically broken uh, one of his uh, front uh, his front left suspension. So oh, yeah. one of his one of his wheels was basically hanging off the car, but right before the race started. Up yeah, completely. yeah, and this was like five minutes or like ten minutes before the race started or something like this that this happened, and so you had all the cars kind of lined up um, on the grid to get started and then you had like 12 Red Bull mechanics furiously trying to piece together Verstappen's car with like duct tape and wire um, before the, the the time limit came in before they had to clear off um, to start the race but they managed to get it done credit them and then Verstappen goes off he has a really good start um, Bottas had a terrible start off the line um, from second. He he sort of had a false start, but it isn't really a false start, but it was definitely a false start. And then had a bad get-off. Verstappen goes straight in there and essentially kind of locked up um, a second place running for, for quite a while and was was fairly quick for the entire race. He drove really well. He had to defend his position against Bottas at the end, who was um, driving in a faster car. He came up behind him, but he didn't let out. So in the end, your your podium positions there were um, Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Uh, carrying on uh, a tradition of a Mercedes driver winning every single race forever, always, because that's just what happens. I see the way you say it. Like, see, since they're both Mercedes uh, drivers, do they have the same car? They do. One B. Oh, they do. So Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton drive essentially Clearly mechanically. They, they drive the same, the same car. car. They may only set their cars up differently, and one of yeah. them might choose to have. <laughs> I hate you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> There's also ten seconds almost of difference between. Well, that's just between Bottas and Hamilton, which yeah. I don't understand how um, there could well, be, to be that fair, much Hamilton of a gap. Didn't have anyone skill. slowing him down in front. In the same car. <clears throat> yeah. True. When you're, never when you're well, in even front then, for Verstappen, the entire Verstappen was eight seconds behind Hamilton. Verstappen's incredible, Matthew. He Do not disperse the name seven. of Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did. Nothing's Verstappen me from loving him. I didn't. I, I literally just gave him credit for. <laughs> <laughs> 
thought we agreed this was a Norris fan club. I love my man in for stabbing. To the max. You know, if we're going to... If we're going to go and do... If we're going to go and do a little, a little rundown of some of the other results, so then in fourth place, we had last stroll for racing point. Uh, good weekend for them. Both cars uh, finished in the points. Very good. Yeah, uh, Alex Albon came in fifth place, um, slightly lagging uh, Verstappen. Has more or less consistently been lagging Verstappen over the over the, these three races. Uh, hopefully, we can see a bit of an uptick from him on the future. Sebastian Vettel in sixth place. Good result, all things considered, for Ferrari, who've been struggling. They've been struggling this year. They've had a dog of a car. It's not been their year at all. Their engine is pretty on shite um, this year. So, uh, Sergio Perez in seventh, uh, also for Racing Point. Daniel Ricciardo, eighth place for Renault. Uh, not bad, holding it down. And Kevin Magnussen crossed the line in ninth place um, and was then given a 10 second time penalty for. Um, communicating uh, too much with his pit wall is during that... the formation lap which is kind of a technicality that you're not allowed to do that um, and then Carlos so he ended up in 10th place and Carlos Sainz then promoted into ninth place for McLaren so that's all the drivers who finished in the points Lando Norris unfortunately uh, had a oh, bit of a forgettable race he posted uh, about um, it apologizes for it but then he also mentioned he, he still had he my last, na- last lap Lando so he's trying to build his brand <laughs> I mean, to the extent that, to the extent that that, that you can have a, a last lap extravaganza when you're, you know, in like, well, like four places outside of scoring any points. Yeah, he was in thirteenth in the end, which is quite. Yeah, which is is not really. It's not great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's not a great result for for McLaren. Um, yeah. They they actually qualified well, which is the the part about this which is a little bit troublesome for McLaren they qualified in 8th and ninth place but in the opening couple of laps where there was a bit of there was a bit of a tumultuous start to the race and then it became like quite frantic early on because there was there was a situation where the track originally at the start of the race the track was wet so all the cars bar I think one went out on the intermediate tyres which are like grooved tyres for wet weather so they can get grip on the on the surface when it's raining or when the car where the track's wet, and it seemed pretty quickly to be obvious that the track was going to be dry in no time at all, and so really they wanted to be on slick tires. They wanted to be on on grooveless slick tires that would have better traction in dry weather, and it became a melee basically. Like everyone was trying to pit at the same time, and in amongst all that, um, McLaren had. Um, McLaren had some not amazing pit stops and they had some not amazing uh, luck and then uh, neither Sainz nor Norris were able to do too much overtaking during the race uh, which kind of left them a bit hung out to dry uh, when it comes to scoring points Uh, the one team that did have a bit of an amazing run of it this weekend and probably the team that deserves I would say arguably the most credit would be Haas who have been pretty much shite for the first two races. They've they've got a car that is average and an engine that is not great, which is pretty clearly the worst engine in the field this year, the Ferrari engine. Fucking Italians, um, for am I right? some reasons that I'm not getting to now, but they they made an Yeah, well they, they made a call on the on the formation lap. They made the call to 
go into the pits to change for dry tyres straight away, which was definitely the right move because then that put them um, that put them up into like third and fourth place or something or third and fifth place um, when they were out the pits um, after all, everyone had gone in for their dry tyres. So they essentially had gained something like like almost like 15 positions between them or something because they had uh, abysmal qualifying. They qualified in like 16th and 18th place and then they ended up all the way up the order from one good strategy call where they, they were like, right, we've got nothing to lose. We're going for it. We're putting on the dry tyres. If it's a crap decision, it's a crap decision. We're going to live with it. Whereas the other teams were more conservative, uh, decided to stick with their wet weather tyres and it turned out to be the wrong decision. And you've got to think if... You know, if Verstappen had pitted in for slicks, if he, he could have won the if race, he potentially. He could have, he could have been ahead of Lewis, the night I mean, before. holding him back the entire Never time. He could win it all. Who knows? Is it just me, or does uh, Sebastian Vettel <laughs> seem very prickly in his interviews? Yeah. Kind of. He's in an uh, odd situation this year, any, so I don't know how much you know worse, about all their, called their, like, Sebastian contracts Nettle. and stuff for, for who's driving where in the future. But that was Ferrari, that was, that was, I set it up. I don't care how prickly it was. I set it up just for the job. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> is there anything else? I'll be honest. Uh, I've got nothing to add to the nah. Formula One except that. Fuck's sake. Or do I? Now, well, I'll just give you the, the info dump on the next race. Uh, they've got a break next weekend. So next weekend, there's nothing on. And then the weekend after that, so starting on Friday, 31st of July, and then with the race on Sunday the 2nd, Ooh. they're going to be in Silverstone Ooh. in the UK Fuck for England. British Grand Prix. It shouldn't Ooh. even be British Grand Prix. The English Ooh. Grand Prix. England. Say, where's last. the Scottish one? Where's Jackie Son Robinson? <laughs> Stuart, tip my tongue, Scottish king, but as the English call him, British. Stuart. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I've got nothing else uh, the old to add here. Problem. I think that is. Uh, we will wrap up the podcast. Oh Jesus! Here we go. Has Jordan oh. Henderson won the Ballon d'Or? Wait, wait a minute. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm going to bring this. No, I want to bring this back because this is is, um, something that we mentioned a long time ago. You remember we were talking about marble racing? It's marbles, mate. It's fucking marbles. This is is the the Nick's Nick's Marbles segment. (laughs) The the Marble uh, Marble League, which is the, the premier marble competition, the premier form of marble sports, um, is in full swing and, and has been for um, for I think uh, uh, two weeks or so now um, but yeah the 2020 Marble League uh, which is being sponsored this year by Last Week Tonight which is kind of daft but also a little bit amazing so the Marble League's going on uh, I think it's, it's hosted by Team Galactic this year so if you want to go on over, you can find that on uh, Yell's Marble Runs on YouTube. I think they just had their seventh event of the tournament. Uh, uh, things are looking looking pretty good for the Raspberry Racers who, who uh, may have a shot at uh, some silverware, maybe a medal or two. It's just so funny to be talking about this. It's just the, the Raspberry Racers and okay. for silverware. Matthew, what about your uh, it's just segment you totally planned for the week? I really want the Raspberry Racers to come home with something. 
Oh, <laughs> right. Aye. Connor Matthews uh, hitting the links. Uh, no, because no, Rory McIlroy isn't the only Irish man in golf. And he's the one we can and relate to more. Overall. Physically. Well, I know, but Rory McIlroy is the only one I've heard about in the news recently. <laughs> there, was a, there was a great video I saw well, there yeah, on we were the golf, uh, subreddit, overall. which now I uh, now follow since yesterday. <laughs> And it was about Rory McIlroy working out, and this the whole thing of like, oh, what you do, Rory, the champion, as <laughs> so he's doing all he's working, getting up in the morning, working out, going golfing, taking ice baths, working out, doing all that, and then as it gets to the climax, it's just it just cuts from Rory McIlroy straight to Shane Lowry down in a Guinness and singing Fields of Athenry while holding the while holding the Open Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute king. Hi, <laughs> 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 there we so go. Get the Lowry job for me yet? Fantastic sport. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah. I have the drinking Guinness. Uh, sure, that's always the last part. Now all I need is any golfing ability at all. I <laughs> It's the oh, final Christ. piece to the puzzle. It is. It is a very and the final piece to this puzzle is a fun uh, goodbye from all of us. Someday, I don't know what sporting events are going on this week. There's only one football game. We might talk about that. We'll probably have a fun yeah. segment on the next pod. The fuck. Yeah. Ah. Something interesting. <laughs> Maybe about the NBA we'll, bubble. Come up with a segment. Everyone loves bubbles. And we'll try and be funny, and I might actually edit this one and put it on YouTube. And you guys need to yep. hold me to that. <laughs> oh, because there are very few tangents. This this will never happen. <laughs> this was the most tangent-free episode that we've had. All right. So, till next time. <laughs> All right, and classic banter. See you later. Anyway. Cheerio. Cheerio.